welcome to episode four of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And it's my pleasure to introduce our guest this week, Justin Buznito from Tennessee Wolves. How's it going, Justin? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Ah, uh, not too bad. Uh, you know, could be better after Sunday's game. Be better, but... yeah. I think, I think that's how we all feel a little bit right yeah. now. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how your support of Wolves came about. Um, I'll, I'll fully admit I'm, I'm uh, kind of a newbie into it. I won't lie. So um, I had watched on and off the Premier League for a long time. I uh, never really kind of started following a club. And I've got a really good buddy here who um, I go to local matches with in the MLS and in support of our team. There's actually a, a City fan. Um, so I've seen him and all his buddies, and, and I knew I didn't want to be a part of that. No offense to that, but knew it's not something I wanted to follow. Uh, and a couple years ago, I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to get real serious about this and kind of started looking into it. And uh, I was actually going across Twitter and found an article about the Wolves. I think a lot of it had to do with Bali um, and just kind of started reading into them. And it was it just kind of they stuck with me. I know it's one of those weird things where it kind of finds you sometimes. And so I, I think I caught on about the right time as, as we were being promoted and and kind of started following the train from there. So I'll fully admit that I'm new, but I, over the last couple of years, I've really enjoyed just digging into the history of the club and, and really learning about it. And, um, you know, actually had a trip planned out to Molyneux uh, earlier this year that obviously fell through. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll get there one day, but, um, you know, just that's kind of how it started. And I've kind of stuck with it ever since. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's yeah, it great. sounds like me and you both uh, started our fandom at about the same time. So, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. So talk about Tennessee Wolves. How have you guys grown over the last few years? Um, we're, we're still pretty of a small group, to be honest with you. So we, we've actually got people kind of spread through the state a little bit. Um, we you know started as Tennessee Wolves to kind of cover because there were no other supporter groups. So we kind of started the flagship, I'll call it. Um, and so we've got people spread out through a couple layers. So we've we've grown a little bit here and there over the years, and we've actually unfortunately kind of struggled to find a place to kind of call home for us. We there's a lot of supporter groups around here which are fantastic for a lot of the teams. So a lot of those places are taken, um, and so we we've tried some different things. So trying to kind of establish and plant that flag a little bit, I'd say. Um, but we've we've kind of grown here and there a couple people through the course of each season, and and just looking to continue to build that up and grow. So I, again, I appreciate you guys having me on because it's a great opportunity to kind of get. Um, us out there and and more Wolves fans hopefully that some in the area. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Well, guys, let's uh, let's just go ahead and rip the bandaid off. I could have seen a four nil game. I would have thought it would have been the other way around though, with Wolves winning four nil. So obviously not a very fun result. Paul, was that the worst we've looked since uh, returning to the EPL? It's funny that we've. We've had a couple of those performances, but not to the extent of a, a 4-0 drubbing, which what it turned into. And with all due respect to West Ham, it was a little bit embarrassing because maybe last season when it was the 5-2 the loss to Chelsea, so sometimes those results happen. If it's a, a, a top four team, top six, sometimes you get on the wrong end of a, a couple of worldies and find yourself three or four down. But yeah, West Ham away when we've had such a good record in the past, the early season. It hopefully it was just one of those games. I'm I'm really hoping that every time we've had a stinker, Nuno's has tend to kind of put his hands up and recognise it, and we've we've bounced back the next week. So hopefully it was one of those. Hopefully there's nothing untoward going on with, with the team that makes it more of a more of an issue. So let, let's see, I think. Well, I do think there were a lot of things kind of playing against Wolves. Uh, number one was Tomato was making his first start. He'd only been training with the team a couple days. So as talented as he is, that's still tough to be thrown in a situation like that and expect fantastic results and i really think potence being out with that knock was an absolute killer because he's really shown the creativity over the first two games and it just wasn't there on sunday if he was again looking at that more formation that he he lined up with at sheffield united away where Neto and and potence were a little bit more tucked in and gave a little bit more stability in the center of the park and pushed on from there I think that was a little bit of our undoing again on Sunday that we we lost the midfield battle. And it's a slight concern for me. And again, 
it, it's West Ham we're talking about here, but they matched us 3-4-3 three, three and got the better of us. So is it another team figuring us out? Have they got an idea how to stop us and, and they can um, they, they can work it out and they know how to, to combat us? Or again, was it just one of those off days that everyone was, was not on their game apart from the, the, the odd flash here and there? It, it's going to be an interesting game to go into next up against Fulham to see how they react. Justin, what do you think about the midfield in particular? You know, it, I, I'm struggling. I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I also feel like I feel like we were just a step slow the whole match. I've, I've tried to figure out why. You know, as, as, as just watching, unfortunately, I went back and watched them. I'm not going to call them highlights, but we'll call clips. Just to see, you know, I just we just kept getting beat. And I don't know if that's because we didn't have a push up front. If we were trying to do too much up front because we didn't have potents and, and we were getting beat on the back. That's, I don't know. That's where I'm really trying to struggle. And I think Paul, to your point, maybe Fulham is the, is the tail of the tape a little bit to see if it's really something going on or if it really was just, just one of those bad days. I don't know that I'm struggling to, to really find that, but I just, every time I kept seeing this, we were just, we were behind a step. We just kept getting beat. And, and again, to your point, it was West Ham. I, I don't I don't expect a Nuno team to be behind on a top four, top six, you know. But I and, and again, no disrespect to, to West Ham, but I don't expect that certainly of a of a club like that that we should take care of business with. It's certainly a an opposition that for for us, if we got out at them and and we took the took the game to them, if if we had the first goal, they're a type of team that that could have crumbled and. Mm-hmm chatting to their fans that, that, that we share a, a bar with in Houston after the game, they were still nervous at 2-0 and at 3-0 up. So it shows the kind of level of fragility they've got as a, as a fan base, knowing what can happen to their their team if they're put under any sort of pressure. And that didn't happen from, from the first kick of the game. I can't remember Fabianski having a real save of note to make. And, and that's, a, that's a little bit worrying when you've, you we didn't have Podents, but we still got a tremendous amount of talent on the pitch and we didn't really exert any real pressure to put them under for any length of time. And that, that, was, that was a little bit troubling to me as well. But yeah, again, hopefully I want, I want to try and wash away that negativity and put a positive spin on it this week coming into Sunday and, and, putting it down to that freak result and Man City, that was a freak result on Sunday as well. Watford went and beat Liverpool 3-0 last season. So please, let's just kind of put, put it in that bracket. Shock it up to that, yeah. And, right. and, and in six months' time, we're thinking, wow, do you remember when we lost 4-0 away at West Ham in the, the third game back and look where we are now. So yeah, yeah, you hope that's not a trend game and it becomes a we just drop points and hopefully it doesn't hurt us on the back end, right? I think that's you look at it that way, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, in different seasons and, and certainly different club, obviously, with a lot of the, the changes that we've made, but two two of the trends I feel like we had last year. Uh one is is unfortunately it sounds like you know, from Fulham a little bit given up. Uh, an early score we we've not really done that um, which we were real bad at last year playing from behind a lot but the other one to your point of of the of the West Ham fans being apprehensive up to oh we I never really felt like we were out of games last year late you know if we were certainly down one but if we were down two that we could pull something back we got real good at that and I don't know again different club different season but I I don't I haven't felt I don't want to feel the first one I don't want to give up the early scores right yeah Uh, but I haven't. I didn't. Maybe just because it was so far out of hand um, that that you didn't really get that feeling anyway. But I don't know. It's just interesting and and small sample size with three matches played too. So I thought one thing West Ham really did well is they identified okay, we can overload the side where they're going to throw Adama and Semedo, and they identified that the left side of us was really weak with Vinagre, captain step over and. Saiz there and that's exact they made Vinagre have the ball all the time and then just attack Saiz constantly especially in that first half and that's where it got ugly I think you're right that that was potentially identified and then again you can't let that that was Saiz's error for the first goal that he can't be in that position of 
the attacker running towards him and, and then put a guy who's all left foot on that side to have what was kind of free shot into the goal. So it, and then the yeah, it was the second or third goal. Vinagre couldn't even throw it in very well. He throws mm-hmm. it in. It's immediate turnover and a goal. It's yeah. I mean, those are those are things. If you're going to be a left back in the Premier League, you cannot do. That's going to be interesting because they are pretty magnified individual errors, and and that doesn't happen uh, given that given they're due, given that all all the last season in terms of our defensive solidity, that we weren't really a team for for glaring individual errors, and you easily had kind of two or three. In, in that game, and they got found out. So I guess we come to the transfer window ends next week. Are we going to have the solution come from the transfer window by finding a new center back, a new wing back, which I don't really see happening? Either of those look like possibilities? It seems to me that... I'm not, again, I don't really want it to, to come across as being overly negative based on Sunday's result and that the cure of all of our problems is to sign a quality right-sided centre-half and move Bolly to to the left again. Um, but I still, at the back of my mind, I still think that it's a, it's a gap that's been identified going back to last year that they're still not filled. So if Diaz was a, a, a legitimate target, it says to me that that they identified it and they want to play to fill it. They, they didn't get him last year for whatever reason and, and that ship's now sailed. They tried Vallejo and that didn't work and he wasn't a good fit. And there's no one legitimately now that really can, can come in that we know that's got some... He's he's been signed for that purpose. Maybe that turns into Hoover, but as as a young kid who more favours the kind of the right back berth or the right wing back berth, that's a big ask to to expect him to come in at, at right centre back and 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 take it on immediately. So I don't know. I think if 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 that I'm sure they were they must be working on a centre back. I hope they are. Um, but there's been no there's been no real name since the start of the transfer window opening, other than Diaz that that we've really been linked with. Um, Tadebo, I think from from Barcelona, he may be going to our friends that we'll speak to at Fulham, so maybe he's out of the picture. Who else? Who else is there? Uh, so. Nunes, Nunes, the um, Spanish guy. Okay, yeah, from, yeah, from Athletic uh, Bilboa. So. There, 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 there could be. I'm just hoping it's one that that's bubbling, bubbling under that that no one's been tipped off, no one's in the know about it. It's not being leaked on a forum, and Jeff G does his his magic reveal, and uh, we, we get a guy who can who can come in and, and start straight away and, and make a difference. Everything I've read, it it, it talks about not being a knee jerk after a match like this, right? But I, I think to your point, it's something that it's exposed out there, but. I agree with you guys. I haven't seen much out there. And, you know, a lot of these other guys were names floating around quite a bit. It seems it's oddly quiet. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And, Paul, you mentioned the forums. Uh, All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Dindonker's name came up uh, with a potential move to Napoli. What are are your thoughts on that? I'll believe it when I see it. But you never know. That's right. Again, a a little bit of no smoke without fire. And first up, I'd I'd be gutted because I think he's he's a great player to to have based on his versatility. And I definitely think he could have done a job on Sunday for sure in the centre of the the midfield, uh, especially as a three. But I've got a weird feeling. I'm I'm not sure that there's any substance to this. But my feeling is that he could be kind of a uh, a remnant of a, a Kevin Thelwell signing. That when he was signed, Nuno may have kind of ag- agreed to it, but it may have been one that Thelwell's really behind, saying, oh, "I've I've got this player, I've unearthed him. He, he's going to come in, he's going to do a good job." Especially if that was with the promise of him being a right-sighted centre back, like he's shown for Belgium. 
So if you recall, he came in and we didn't see Dendonka for about four months. Yeah. I think he got a League Cup out in early and, and that was about it. So at the back of my mind, I've got a feeling that he may not necessarily be a Nuno guy or have the qualities that Nuno is going to look for moving forward. So if that's the case and it's right for him to move on and we get a decent fee for him, good. But on the flip side, if that happens, we need a replacement in the centre midfield and we still need a centre back. So if he goes and we've got two quality additions coming in, he can go with my blessing. But if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be very worried. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I, Dendonker was another one. I, like Jada didn't surprise me. I always thought if they needed to sell somebody to make cash to get a big signing that was going to be who it was i thought dendonker would be number two on that list just because he normally he's he's not a everyday fixture in the starting 11 that's true i think if if he's of the age as well where he wants more guaranteed first team football it's great for us to say oh i don't want dendonker to leave because he's he's perfect off the bench and he can fill two roles but he, he's obviously ambitious. He's got international caps that he's chasing. He wants to be playing week in, week out. So I think it's a case that, yeah, it, it might be right that if so, if someone does come in for him and he's got that opportunity, he's one that may have been uh, may have been available to sell. Um, even even though I personally will be disappointed if that happens. I think to your point that it just it to that backfill on that right because again we, we uh, you know you read and see about running thin anyway i mean we run a, a thin squad to a point anyway so losing another and now two of where do we go from here <laughs> i think is the question we're probably all asking if that does happen even if it's not we're still looking to backfill some stuff so i think we'll talk about this week but it may be a case of the whole lot of wolves transfer drinks that we're talking about it in depth tonight <laughs> and it all kicks off tomorrow and by the time I, uh, it gets released it, it's old news and, and something's happened yeah so. <laughs> i'm telling you that ronaldo transfer is coming soon yeah <laughs> so if you guys could make one realistic move one realistic signing before next monday what would you do I'll go centre-back and I'm going to go, I think that there's a domino effect and there may, there may be a piece, there may not necessarily be this piece that falls to us, but I think there's a piece that's going to happen. And I'm going to go that seems that Diaz has gone to Man City. My addition would be John Stones on loan for the season um, nice. to, to come in. Wow. He, he's a kind of bit of a, um, again, internet forums and, and everyone's a, a coach and everyone's done their badges and people get written off with their peril. But he's the he's the type of player that um, I think could, could come in under Nuno's tutelage and, and do well and, and we'd be able to, to sign for, for a decent fee after the end of a successful season. So that's my crystal ball gazing, but I'm, I'm definitely in the... I'm definitely in the center half camp. I would I would lean that way too. I don't know if I've got a name to drop. I, I think we're doing well to to fit into Nuno's scheme to to young and versatile. I think this needs to be seasoned. I mean, some type of veteran. I think is is probably in the path you're thinking. I just I don't know if I have a name to drop on it, but that's where I would go. I'd probably go same position, just more veteran and and a little bit more leadership there for somebody who's kind of got proven. Time in the EPL uh, is probably the place I would go. I think one name that's gone a little bit quiet and, and not necessarily from us in recent months, he's been more linked with Man United, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Benoit Belenadashi at Monaco, who's kind of a big strapping young 19, 20-year-old centre-back that We've been linked with tentatively previously, but I think Man United were more in the market for him at the start of the uh, the close season in the in the realms of kind of 30, 35 million. So it'd be interested to see if anything comes of him, especially because I think Monaco is part of our, uh, our little collection of Uncle uh, Uncle George's clubs. <laughs> and and Paul already knows who 
my guy is who I'd like to see him make a move for. Not Ronaldo. Come on, give us a proper name. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lamar. Lamar, absolutely, from um, Atletico. I think, and yeah, it wouldn't solve the defensive problems right now. Um, however, they could slide him into that number 10 role, which I think we're starting to see Nuno is wanting to use a little bit more. We're kind of seeing him try Neto and Potence there. And I think he'd be a good fit. I think he'd be somebody that could go on the wing as well. And especially, I wouldn't want an outright buy. I would want a loan with option to buy. It's Fulham on Sunday, and we're going to take a closer look at the opponents by welcoming Jason Jadon from the Fulham in the South supporters group. How's it going, Jason? Hey, it's good. it's good to be on with y'all. Uh, it's good to good to talk some footy, even though it's it's a little little painful for us Fulham fans at the moment, for sure. Yeah, we're not going to talk about pain uh, today. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. With, I'm happy with that. So, with this being a podcast that's predominantly for an American audience, we like to highlight current and former U.S. men's national players. So, as a Fulham fan, how proud are you knowing that your club featured the best player in EPL history at Clint Dempsey? Ooh, that's 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 yeah, that's what we think. That's that's definitely what we think. Um, definitely the best American Johnny come lately to the premier league. They think, Oh, Pulisic, man, he's, he's the best American to ever play, but we're over there, you know, shaking our fingers. Like there's a, there's another team in Fulham that, you know, has Dempsey. So yeah, it's, it's, it, there is a lot of pride with that. And that goes along with the debate of club over country. You know, I don't care where you're from. You can be from Mars, but if you can score goals for us or defend well, then then we'll have you at Fulham. But there is a certain amount of pride for the American contingent we always have. And in the transfer window, we brought in another um, left back, Anthony Robinson from Wigan. Absolutely. And he's an up and, up and coming star with the um u.s men's national team so since we've been down to the championship it's been a little little less of full america but it's always there you know you always meet people i'm always walking around i'll see a fulham hat or a jersey randomly somewhere and i'll say hey are you in full in the south or do you want to go do a watch party anything like that so yeah absolutely there's definitely some pride there um and, and, you know, we always think, of course, if you talk with anybody about Dempsey, you know, there's a few goals that come to mind. But obviously the one that really sticks out is it wasn't even in the Premier League. It was against Juventus and it's the Dempsey chip. And, and everybody always you know, talks about where were you? Where were you watching? Those kind of things. So, yeah, definitely, definitely fondly remembered. And um, he did have a good spell at Tottenham. But, I mean, he he was he was at his peak um at Fulham and just a quick story about Dempsey we had the player liaison officer come through because Boca Negra in Atlanta where we're based Fulham in the south is based Boca Negra played for Fulham and he was coming through to visit so the player liaison officer has has um seen every player come through Fulham for the past 20 years his name is Mark Mark Maunders and so he's telling us about Roy Hodgson, you know, Boca Negra, McBride, Dempsey, anybody you can name that you can think of. But um, he said that Dempsey was the hardest working player he had ever seen uh, at Fulham. So I, I thought that was really cool. And before he became a big name, I went to the USA versus Guatemala qualifier and nobody came out of the locker room to sign autographs. But this guy with the shaved head, he just walked out or I think maybe had still had long hair. <laughs> And I was, you know, my friend had given me like a knockoff USA jersey and I just pushed it through the chain link fence and he signed it and I had no idea who he was. And then, you you know, I, I knew he was Clint Dempsey, but that didn't mean anything yet. And then, yeah, then, you know, he started to make a name for himself and never washed the jersey again. That tells you anything about about pride. <laughs> so those, those, those are my Dempsey memories that I have. So now we're into the the new season, a, a newly promoted team, but defence has been a bit of an issue for you guys to start off the season. What changes do you think you need to make to correct that? This podcast might need to be about two hours long to cover, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but just 
succinctly, you can kind of divide our, our transfer policy is is a bit murky. And Shai Khan owns the club and Tony Khan, he he's Shai Khan's son and he runs the transfers and, and we've needed a center back. We've needed a center back since um, before the championship season was over. We knew we did. And you can kind of get away with it in the championship. But as you know, I mean, y'all have been down in the championship with Fulham for for most of the time that we've been there as well. And you you know that things you can get away with in the championship, you just cannot in the Premier League. So you need somebody who's sharp at center back. And um, so our director of football operations, uh, Tony Khan and, and Scott Parker, the, the manager doesn't have final say in the transfer, so that's a bit of a, a rough spot there. But um, the problem isn't isn't Scott Parker, um, and I don't think many Fulham fans think it is. I think it's the front office a little bit. But the biggest thing we need right now is definitely a tried-and-true Premier League-tested center back. Wherever we get him from, however much money somebody can really put us over a barrel, because that's exactly what uh, we just can't. <laughs> Even if we get, um, I think Bennett from from Wolves, I think I would be okay with that. Even, but um, we would as well. Right, and and it just <laughs> depends on the team sometimes. But we do need somebody who's played in the Premier League because we can't trot out. Reem and Adoy, we did that with Michael Hector. The back three, we played a 5-3-2. We can't do that. We can't do that. They're too old, and, and they're not they're not fast enough for the Premier League. So we have to get a center back and two. And then we also need a, a secondary striker to sub in for Mitro or, or, God forbid, knock on wood, Mitro gets hurt. We need another striker that can get us about 10 or 12 goals in the Premier League that we can rely on when Mitro maybe isn't fit or hurt or, or something like that because we can play well without Mitro as well the last since since the restart we really play, played and won a lot of games without Mitro um towards the end of our championship season so secondary striker and above all we need a center back real bad so onto the uh the game on Sunday how do you expect the team to, to line up against us? And I know from, from a Wolves viewpoint, there's a couple of familiar faces that, that we're used to. So uh, who do you think is going to be the danger men for you guys? Um, well, I would, I would love for Cavalera to get a hat trick. That would but do we um, get any more add-ons if that happens? I think we should. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm totally okay with that actually. <laughs> um, he he is um, being. I've I've watched him and he's been a little bit anonymous for the first three games in the Premier League. He was a very solid and I would say above average player for us last season on the wing. Um, when he's good, he's good. But when he goes missing, you, you know, you're like, oh. He's he's starting. He's playing right now. So so Cavalero, we just we actually did uh, let K-Mac go. Um, we, we we're prepared to let him go on a free um, and let him do what he wants. Um, he's really a fan favorite. Um, everybody loves him at the club. Um, he'll, he should go and get his coaching badges is what K-Mac should do. Kevin McDonald, because we got him from y'all, I think, about four years ago now. Yeah. Um, but he was really a leader for us, especially in our promotion campaign in, in 1718. Um, so I think he should go on and get his coaching badges, but, um, we've had to say farewell to him, but we'll probably line up in a, we lined up against Aston Villa in a five, three, two, and we all know how that went. So, um, but MO besides that last game has been to line up with uh, four across the back, five in the midfield with a midfield triangle, and then Mitrovic up top and try to get service into him. I would say it's going to be one of those. You know, Cavalero probably will start on the on the left wing um, in that 4-5-1. But uh, I think that Angerman, Mitro can always get a goal. 
he can he can be anonymous for 89 minutes and then he'll pop up with a header in the in the 90th minute you know if we can keep the game that close so your your defenders definitely have to watch out for Mitrovic he's got so many tricks he is he is such a fantastic target man he's just got a talent for that for wrestling defenders and and settling the ball chesting it down turning and shooting um or dealing with crosses as well so um somebody that can break up play uh against y'all is uh somebody that we bought initially when we got promoted in the 1718 season going to the premier league is he's got four names so it's a mouthful but it's andre frank zambo and gisa but um I, I think that he's somebody who can really buzz around in the defensive midfield and and stop stop any counterattacks or any plays going forward. Um, so those will be the two two biggest guys or the two main threats as far as you y'all attacking and us attacking y'all. I think we've certainly seen that in the past that Mitrovic has has done well against us and the whole style of game that he plays that you've just outlined we've been found out a little bit so hopefully we've learned from that and it's something that they look to address but I've got a it's a weird feeling that similar happened to us on Sunday with Mikel Antonio who played a pretty similar game for West Ham and he didn't score but he was he was a threat and he ran out he ran out bat three uh ragged for, for large chunks of the game so yeah it's, it's not the most ideal opponent you want to come up to the the week after that so uh, we'll see it'll be interesting i was gonna say yeah we just do seem a little bit one-dimensional with mitro so if you can just make sure he's the only one in the box and kind of get two guys on him but if we get more people in the box it will be tougher. So just to kind of wrap up this segment, what are your expectations overall for this season, Jason? Are you, is it just one of these where you're hoping to stay out of the bottom three or you hope? I that's... just, I just, I just want to be fourth worst in the, in the <laughs> fourth, fourth from bottom, I guess I would say. So uh, I would, I would love to be uh, 17th best in the premier league. We, we were under no illusions that it, like it was going to be easy. The the problem, if you go on 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 Twitter and the Fulham Twitterverse, is kind of exploding now because we just don't have a center back, and we don't we have questions. We knew we would have these questions, but we don't have the answers yet. We need to find those, and because our schedule is so favorable in the beginning of the season, we're we're slow starters, kind of like you were saying, Wolves are as well. But we we just can't afford to do that in the Premier League this season because we have a favorable schedule um, the first half of the season. Um, but I think everybody was under no illusions. But uh, we wanted to be we were hoping to be more organized and harder to break down. You know, Parker Ball is is something that we played where. All last season, when we scored first, when we scored first, we never lost last season. We never lost. Okay. The problem is, uh, we can see we've conceded uh, in the first five minutes of every half this season. We've conceded a goal. So that's less than ideal. Yes, that's less than <laughs> ideal. So we just part of that's getting a center back in. Part of that's everything. But we knew we would kind of be in for this so yeah i'm 14th would be great um but every fulham fan you would ask would would bite your arm off for for 17th place definitely so all we want to do this season is stay up and and honestly we despite the trials and tribulations we've had recently like um i do think that uh scott parker is the guy for the job um now, in 10 matches, if we haven't won one, hopefully that's not true. That'll be a different story, but he deserve, he, he got us to where we are now, so he deserves a, a good run. Well, hopefully you guys can uh, start pulling it together, of course, after this week's game. We, you know, you guys can. Sure, sure. Yeah, Sheffield then. United. We got Sheffield United after y'all. I, I think we can. I think we can pull it together up at Bramall Lane. I would, I would love to. You know, just just throw us a point and then uh, well, get 
three points. <laughs> no, not, we're not, not point. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, Wolves are, are. I think y'all are a really good side, and I think y'all have had a, a tough break with West Ham, and then Man City. I mean, Man City is Man City, so you know we can't all be Leicester and put five past Man City with how many? Two, three penalties? I think it was yeah. two. Too, but it, it should be an interesting season and I think you guys will do really well once you once you figure out where the new boys settle in and I expect y'all probably I, my prediction for y'all if it's 17th for us hopefully then I think it'll be realistically 7th through 10th for y'all something like that I think we, we'd, take, we'd take that yeah would you, would you I was going to ask would you would you take 7th through 10th place yeah, I, I think so, especially after what we saw Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is, it is. So every every game is su- under such a magnifying glass right now because we haven't had a, a large sample size, and so that's what I'm hoping, especially in the in the Fulham universe, that we we get some better uh, results and we we can kind of like get a, get those three points under our belt and kind of relax and say, all right, Scott's got this. We got to center back in, breathe. Right. Do some yoga. Appreciate you um, taking the time to come on, Jason. Thank you very much. We do wish you well for the the rest of the season, apart from those two games against us. We always like to say that you guaranteed um, at least six points versus West Brom. And should have been at least six points versus Villa, but you kind of messed that up on Monday. So you'll just have to get the three points up at uh, Villa Park from 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 those set of games. Yeah, yeah, would love that. Uh, uh, it was really nice to to be on, and um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we're both in the top half of the table. Come uh, next time we play, I think we play each other again on April 10th or somewhere around there. So. Yeah, let's let's come back around then, and we'll see how the season's shaping out. That'll be uh, good to come back to for sure. Yeah, that that would be great. So uh, yeah, just thanks everybody for for having me on. Would you like to hear your company's name in one of these sections broadcast to a captive group of soccer fans across North America? Get in touch for information on our packages, including presenting sponsor, segment sponsors and paid partnerships on social media by emailing hello at wholelotofwolves.com. What are we thinking? What, what's going to be the starting 11? I mean, hopefully Potence is, is healthy and back. I think that would kind of solve some of the issues we saw on Sunday. I would agree. Um, I don't know. I don't don't know what you guys have seen. I've seen hopefully he's had some light practice this week, some light workouts. So hopefully that's good news. Um, But I I think that push would would really help. Um, And I know there's kind of been some debate about Trari and and where he goes if he's, you know, comes in later, comes in if he starts. I I don't feel like we've had that connection. And I think they need to keep pushing that connection between him and Raul because I feel like it got really good at the end of last year. I think those pushing with potence on the other side is, is really kind of the way to go. Um, and, and, you know, kind of bring it up from there and maybe do a little more attacking against Fulham. I don't, I don't know what you guys think there. I think it's, you bring up a great point that Traore might being looked at in a little bit of a different role, especially now that we've got Samedo that he's one of a, of a wide, he's still the wide attacker of the three on the right, but he's a little bit more tucked in. And what I really want to see Chara do a little bit more of is pick the ball up more centrally and run at him. So like the penalty that he won in the in the Europa at Sevilla, kind of getting the ball in, in that position, midfield, a little bit tucked in, um, a little bit like the the goals against Man City away, that if he's I don't think he's a central striker and, and to play as a two won't work. But if he's got more license from the right to come in a little bit more centrally, knowing that Semedo's on the outside, that he, he can overlap, he can hit the byline. I'd like to get some creativity down that right. And I think think Troyer could offer it. He's kind of a bulldozer once he gets going, right? I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of those good clubs last year. I think it was from the Europa where he just, he just went and nobody could stop him and he earned the penalty on it. It was really great. Yeah, especially now that he's that. yeah, especially now that he's all greased up. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see him and Samato really start to um, work out a connection. I think that's going to be important for the rest of the season. So I do think you'll see Adama starting again. They just You just got to give those guys some reps and get to feel each other. And Doc had its his faults, but him and Adama knew how to play off of each other about midway through the season. And I think that's, again, it's a reflection more of a, of a crazy situation that we've not had a, a proper preseason. We've not had any preseason games to get these understandings. You, you mentioned earlier, Samedo just came in and had three or four practices and, and was starting. So that, that connection is going to take time. It really is. And we may not we may not see this team really get going for six weeks, two months. That's what I kind of feel like as well. Yeah, that's a fair point. But down the the left hand side's a huge deal for me, and I'm I'm hoping they they're doing something with with Martial to get him back fit, either coming in as as the left wing back again and adding a little bit of solidity down that side for sure. That if you've got that attacking thrust down the right, that he's a little bit more reserved and he's coming in and tucking in and protecting Sias a little bit more. I think that's that's a big miss at the moment that we haven't got that that presence defensively down the left-hand side that we so desperately need. I mean, you know how the Postal Service uh, works going overseas. If I donate my calf today, will Marcial get it in time for the, for the game? We can try. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I'm not the most fit guy by any means, but... <laughs> That's the hey, I'll take one for the team. I think we'd all appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, no changes in the back three, you, uh, despite that performance on Sunday. You think it's still going to be Saiz, Cody, and Bali? I do. Yeah, I think they're going to roll with the same. And again, I, it, exactly back to our other point, we'll see if fluke game or if there really is something that needs to be addressed there. I feel like with Nuno, he, he would be more, ten- I mean, if they're halfway through and they're struggling, anything like that, again, I, I, I feel like he jumps into it at that point, but I, I feel like he's got to show trust in the team and hope it was, you know, just a bad day at the office and, you know, they can, they can hold it back there again. It's maybe we're pressing more up front. Maybe it does offset that pressure a little bit too. We're going to have a little bit of better understanding as we get closer to the game and, if these Dendonka rumors turn into anything of more substance, it would be a case for me that he, he's cert- he'd certainly start if if everything's equal on Sunday. I think between Neves and Moutinho, they one of them will be one of them will be dropped and and have a rest, especially if we can get Podents back and and Triore to go left and right and have. Either Moutinho or Neves sitting in a little bit and having Dendonka put the legwork in and, and get box to box uh, in the midfield, um, I think that'll be that'll be important. But I think it's again we'll have to wait and see as far as that goes. Yeah, I agree with you. He's got to Dendonka has to start unless he's on his way out. I, I don't see any other option. And how about predictions for the game? Or are we gonna be brave this week, Paul? Because I know last week. Uh, we had some big predictions, which did not happen. That's right. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love to be a uh, glass half full, tight walls fan, but I've had too much heartbreak in my uh, 30 plus years. And it, it takes a lot of getting over some of the dark places they've taken me. So <laughs> at, the, at, the mo- at the moment, I think it's going to be okay. I think Nuno's, uh, he's, he's got my full trust and my full backing. But as, as far as Sunday goes, I'm going to say it's going to have to get a little bit rougher before it gets better. We don't lose, but it's a 2-2 two, two draw. I'll go. <laughs> I'll say we get three points. I'll give us... I think it'll be tight, and I think it may be something late, but I think we we edge out two one, is is where I'm leaning. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Justin here, and you know we're kind of newer Wolves fans, so we, <laughs> yeah, we don't have that. Right. <laughs> <as much>. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't experienced as much of the the gloom as you have, Paul. So maybe maybe we're we're the light to bring you back. I think they've got almost a, what a two week break. I think we've got a break after this match, um, till we play Leeds. I think so. It'd be nice to get that win. And just have a couple of weeks to maybe heal up and set some things. 
So maybe maybe a little more optimistic there. Yeah, that would be nice. If you're at school or building your experience in digital communications and would like to help with everything that goes into a whole lot of walls, then get in touch. We're always on the lookout for willing hands when it comes to graphic design, social media management and podcast production. Send us an email, hello at wholelotofwolves.com and we hope to welcome you onto the team. How are we going to watch the game on Sunday? It's a little earlier start than usual, Josh. Yeah, they keep uh, bumping our Saturday games to Sunday for TV, but that's okay. It's going to be um, kickoff on NBCSN. It's 8 o'clock for me and you over here in the Central Time Zone. Justin, are you in Central or we Eastern are, yeah. Time Zone? Yeah, no, so Nashville 8 o'clock Central. for you too. Now, yep. if you went over if you went over a couple hours east to Knoxville, you'd be in Eastern Time Zone and a 9 o'clock start. <laughs> yeah, no, we can handle that. Our, our yeah. pub isn't open then, but that's okay. Yeah, same problems we have here. It's on to our no stupid questions segment. And what this is designed for is question that you've got, especially maybe you like Justin and Josh, you may be newer fans to the club that, that you want to ask, but you may think it's um, a little bit too simplistic. Don't worry, get in touch. We'll answer anything that you throw away. You can ask it on our Twitter profile, which is at WLWpod. You can ask us as a message on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash whole lot of wolves. And even on our website, if you think that your question really is stupid and you might get laughed at, you can go on there and ask anonymously. So our website is www.wholelotofwolves.com. And we got two questions in this week that I'm going to ask you guys. The first is from Wes Doob. Apologies if I've totally battered your last name, Wes. Please correct me. But he asked... Wes says, other than personnel changes, are there any tactical changes you'd like to see going forward with this team? No, I, again, I don't think so. I think we talked about some of it a little bit, just the approach. And again, I think obviously health of health of some of the players is, is a big deal. So if we have some of those guys back, I'd like to see that at a full steam again with, with the way Potence was against Sheffield to, to kind of kick off the season. It was, it was nice there. And if we have that, I think we try that again. So I, I would say no right now. Um, maybe it's a terrible idea after after last week, but uh, that's where I am on it. I'm inclined to agree as long as we get that creativity back. And if that comes from Podence or an informed Traore or what Samedo can can deliver from the, the right-hand side, I'm kind of bet, bet the devil that you know at the moment as long as, as long as that creativity comes and we we start to threaten again like we know that we can. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd still like to see the 3-4-3 three, three again this week. Um, I know Captain Stepover will probably be starting, which isn't I'm not thrilled about. But there's not much they can really do. I mean, there's nobody else unless Marcial is somehow healthy. So 3-4-3 three, three and just, man, just hope the team starts gelling here. And on to our second no stupid question of the episode and Chris Wood has been in touch and no, it's not the Burnley striker. It's the Ohio Wolves Chris Wood who joined us on Whole Letter Wolves episode one. Chris asks, when do we think we'll get the first outing of the new away jersey? Uh, the abomination. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. I would say... Crystal Palace? Maybe? I don't know. I actually see... I think I would see the third kit, the Portugal one, a lot sooner than the away kit when you look at the fixtures. I, I could see them wearing that one against Leeds on the road. Um, maybe the away one this week, but I don't know. I think we had a benefit last year that we had so many games that it was easy easier to to have kits that were, were dedicated to toward the Europa a little bit more. We, we're never that side, really, that, that gets a kit clash in the EPL anyway. So I think with fewer games, there'll have to be really strategic decisions of, of when we're going to wear it. I think the next one that probably stands at Leeds playing white, I think that's our next game. So that's kind of out of the question with our 
our white shorts and white socks on, on that kit. So maybe the Leicester game that follows it or Arsenal, I think they'll want it shown maybe a couple of couple of three times this side of the, the season. And then you kind of got to factor in the, the third kit as well. And I think that needs seeing as well. That's kind of selling itself, but you'd like them both to get a run out before, before Christmas. So, so some purchases happen and, and the tills start ringing. I think uh, Josh, you may be, I mean, uh, that Crystal Palace match is on Halloween, so that may make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was, I don't know. Arsenal was kind of the first time I saw that too. I doubt we'd wear that against Liverpool. So Arsenal, but I was really hoping we pull out the third against City when they wait, took out their Paisley thirds. I thought that'd be a lot of fun, but I guess not. But to your point, it's it's selling real well anyway, so they don't need to push that much more. I don't, I'll, I'll I'll go with Arsenal too, is my guess. Yeah, no Watford, so it really you're you're right about the kit clashes. You don't really have to worry about it that much. So it's just it's going to be a marketing decision more than anything. Finally, in this week's supporters group focus, it's over to you, Justin. Tell the listeners about Tennessee Wolves, where you guys are are hoping to meet up, and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, again, and I wanted to thank you guys for, for having me on and, and letting us talk. So thank you so much. It's, it's been really great. Um, again, best way to reach us right now is, is just via email. So 10wolves, T-E-N-N, like Tennessee, wolves at gmail.com. Uh, that'll find us and, and get you in contact and get a quick response to get some information. One of the things we always do is, is similar to how you guys did here is how did you become a fan of the Wolves? I always like to know that. And we've had some great stories from from our supporters and and a lot of ties back to uh, Wolverhampton itself, which has been really cool uh, to hear those stories. So reach out to me there. Hopefully we'll have news on a location that we're going to be able to meet soon. And hopefully we will be able to meet soon if the the world's in a better place. I've got a spot we've been working on and we're kind of trying to get through the COVID thing. Um, So hopefully we'll, we'll, they'll be opened back up and and we can start meeting there. It'll be kind of a a fun new sports area and, and kind of downtown Nashville. So um, we're looking to do that. But again, anybody feel free to reach out and, and happy to have more supporters and then support the Wolves here in Tennessee. Awesome. That sounds great. Thanks for coming on, Justin. We really appreciate it. No, thank you guys. It's been great. I appreciate it. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. And please keep everything coming through the social media channels. Engagement's been great. We We really appreciate it on the podcast platform that you listen on please subscribe and like and give us five stars and good reviews and and everything that you can do to help support whole lot of walls it does go a great deal to help us grow once again thanks for tuning in and we look forward to chatting with you next week